Hey, this is Brian. This is Josh. Hi, I'm Tyler. I'll be your special guest today on this episode of Curiosity Continuum. Thanks for joining us on Curiosity Continuum today, special edition with uh, returning guest Tyler. And today, uh, it's part of the kind of the theme of self-sufficiency as we go along in the world today. Tyler had another topic that he was wanted to talk to everybody about, kind of related to helping you do your life a little bit outside of what we just call conventional, going to the store and buying food and all what all that entails. So we wanted to let Tyler have the mic a little bit today to discuss another topic that he wanted to uh, bring to everybody's attention is about having your own livestock on your property. Yeah, I think one of the most overlooked livestock stock options is actually the meat rabbit. Okay. Yeah, they're cute, yes, but they're also <laughs> the easiest livestock in my opinion. They, they were bred about 100 years ago specifically for meat. So they're no longer a wild animal. They're a domesticated farm animal. So just, just so people got the idea, they're like, what size are they? Are they bigger or smaller than a rabbit we would see outside or, you know, stuff like well, that? There's well, there's a, there are a few different types of breeds. Okay. I recommend the New Zealand white. Okay. Um, this, this breed, if I remember correctly, can get about eight pounds of best, best harvesting eight which, uh, size. Which is, which is big for a rabbit. It's, oh, it's pretty <laughs> yeah. big, yeah. You, you typically would harvest it before then at about three or four months old, and I think it'd be about five or six pounds. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's, that's when it's going to be called a fryer. It's a ten, more tender, delicious meat. This livestock is actually so simple, it just kind of sits and chills in the cage. It hops around a little bit, but it mostly sleeps and eats and poops. And uh, you can, once you know what you're doing, you can have a fresh rabbit on your table in about ten minutes. So let's talk about this a little bit because um, you said 100 years ago, you know, rabbits were more popular as far as a choice. So when did the, do you know when the shift happened when they moved away from rabbits and it became more chicken or something like that? Like what was the thing that happened in culture? Do you know? No, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But so why, why, but if you ever want, if you want me to do a historical thing, I could prepare that for you. Okay. So okay. let's pivot a little bit. Say, so. When people think about rabbits, I think a lot of times nowadays they're only thinking about them as oh they're a pet or, or something pet like or a that. Wild animal. Right. Right. right, you know something you see in the field jumping through, you know, or like in Bambi or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, when you talk about these piggy rabbits, like I said, they they're specifically so that people have like a, a meat protein source, mm -hmm. very easy, mm -hmm. correct? Tell me, um, can you give a little bit of the profile of? Uh, what rabbit meat tastes like. I think some folks, especially some have had it, some have not. And would you talk just a little bit about some of the flavor profiles just so people sure. get a little bit of a frame of reference well, for Well, the it. domesticated meat rabbits are a pretty mild flavored rabbit. They're not as gamey as maybe a wild rabbit would be. Uh, the, the, one, the New Zealand whites have been totally uh, white meat, very lean. And uh, they kind of, they can be cooked in a variety of ways. You can put them in a stew with herbs. You can, Saute them. You can bake them. Braise them. I mean, there's all sorts yep. of stuff. All, all sorts of stuff. I plan on trying to make some rabbit burgers. And oh, okay. And uh, some maybe instead of pulled pork, pulled rabbit, and maybe instead of chicken salad, rabbit salad. Okay. 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 Hmm. Tons of stuff. You can anything you can do with other meat, you pretty much can do. And, and rabbits are pretty feed efficient too. Like right, right. They don't take a lot of food. They are. They are. Yeah. So 
that, and that was something that um, Tyler touched on on his last episode too. He was talking about growing his own vegetables. Well, some of the stuff he grows, he actually gives to his rabbits. Actually, I, I give a little bit of what I grow to my rabbits, but the, the great thing about rabbits is they eat what humans cannot eat a lot of the time. Okay. So, okay. so those random weeds growing in my yard, I grab a handful of those, toss them in the cage, and the rabbits eat that, convert it to meat in their body, and they also poop out the best fertilizer any livestock can produce. Okay, cool. It's very good to know. So you're talking about basically an animal, because I think a lot of times when people think about livestock today, and the concerns they have is like, oh, well, this is what it takes and how it's like kind of harming certain environmental or ecosystem sure, things, sure. right? But you're talking about this rabbit where like, it eats the weeds that you can't use. It's living in symbiosis with what you have. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, so there's a lot of soil biology and nutrition that comes from their waste right. that I add to my garden that increases everything further. It's like this uh, wonderful circle that just keeps getting better and better. Okay, cool. We highly recommend that you put the, the rabbit droppings in the garden and let that, you, in, you know, enhance the food you're going to eat. Don't just eat it directly <laughs> for the nutrients. Yeah, yeah. That's, don't that's, do that. Yeah, don't eat that part. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the other good aspects of raising rabbits, besides their utter simplicity and uh, improving soil quality and highly nutritious lean meat is that they're just quiet. Uh, they don't make any noise, basically. And that not only that, but they are extremely productive. You got two rabbits, within a year, you could have 50. Sure. Because sure. they're... Cause they're well, let's, everybody let, knows let, what they say about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But let's go over their life cycle a little bit. Like, how long like does it take to breed rabbits, for example, like these rabbits? from Like, birth, like you said, a few months you can harvest them. But is that from birth to... Well, so they need about six months before they are mature enough to breed. To breed. Okay. And then the actual breeding takes uh, five minutes. Right. And then a month later. They're very efficient at it. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of just vibrate and then fall over. It's, it's kind of a, it's fun to watch actually. It's kind of funny. And, uh, so then uh, about a month later, the doe will give birth. Okay. To anywhere from five to 15 or so kits. And then those you can eat at about three months. Okay. Okay. And then so from from one birth you have uh, twenty five pounds of healthy meat. Sure. Sure. Okay. Let's talk about space requirements. So because I know um, as people again are in smaller spaces or they live in in the how much space does it take like per rabbit for them to have like a nice life, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to be comfortable and be healthy. Okay, so we're talking about domesticated farm kind of rabbit. Uh, they were bred to for uh, to be in cages. So you might want to you might think like, oh, that's so sad that they live their whole life in a cage. But unfortunately, they they are they're domesticated, so they could not survive. They don't. In the they don't, they don't have any like skills no. to protect. No, not at all. They're pretty. They're kind of dopey. They're you know? Yeah, they're yeah. docile, and not only that, but they're success. They're susceptible to diseases if they're on the ground anyway. Okay. okay. So, in terms of space requirements, the cage should be you know roughly uh, two feet long, one foot wide, and uh, a foot and a half tall, something like that. You know, it doesn't need to be too big, and these cages should be hanging. So, uh, my particular setup has two different. Uh, it has four cages, and. Um, they are stacked on top of each other with like a little ramp in between them that just kind of funnels all the poop into a, a bin. Which goes into your garden then? Yeah, which goes right into my garden. Okay. 
And obviously, people would have to check with their local municipality if they need it. But I guess uh, technically, you're probably supposed to check. But if nobody knows you have rabbits, <laughs> but, but what we're saying, what you're saying too, is that the space requirement is super minimal. So super minimal. it's not going to impact like a neighbor or anything. They're quiet. They're no, not like no. roosters or whatever. I don't think anyone will ever even know I have rabbits unless, unless you I tell them. Or they tell them. Yeah. They don't make any noise and. You need to keep them protected from the elements right, and right. direct sunlight and rain and, and, and predators. Right. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. And so no one will ever see them or hear them. So it's kind of like my secret little thing I have, you know, just in case the zombies come. Yeah. yeah. I got a food source. <laughs> okay. All right. So what else did you want to talk about? With you want to talk about more about rabbits or did you have some other livestock you want to talk about? Well, one quick little note about rabbits is uh, you can also, if you need to, you can use their fur as well oh, for, okay. for, for garments. Okay. But that's, uh, that's kind of low priority if you ask me. It's a little warm in Florida, I think, to yeah, use a rabbit. Don't as need them at yeah. All. So then the other livestock I wanted to mention was the most popular one, which is chickens. Okay. Those are also incredibly easy to, to, uh, to raise. I, uh, I like to just let mine wander around the garden, and they, they poop on it. Include, and, uh, they improve fertility as well. But they, they, I like to set up things so that they... So it requires very little work. Okay. And okay. So my chickens require roughly five minutes a day. Okay. So are your chickens, um, are you raising them for meat or are you raising them for eggs or both? I get so much re- meat. I get so much meat from the rabbits. That you don't, really that, don't need that anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't need chicken meat, but of course I'll, I'll eat them once their egg production starts to wane. Sure. At sure. about two years old. So, okay. That's what I was going to ask. Cause a lot of people probably don't realize that, but chickens don't have unlimited egg production for years right. and years. They have, they have quite they, a good, they have good egg production for a short yeah. amount of time. Exactly. Well, yeah, they start laying about six months and, and they'll lay roughly, um, six eggs a week, you know, almost once, like a, almost day once a day for like a year and a half to two years. Okay. okay. So that's, that's it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And of course, they, they like the kitchen scraps even more than the rabbits. Sure. Like they, they can eat fruit a lot more, and they can eat meat, and they, they wander around and eat bugs, and they can eat greens too. Sure. So sure. that's, I always like to, uh, if I have a waste, I always try and think, how can I make this not a waste and instead uh, something I can use sure. And, sure. and change into something even better? And so kitchen scraps is an example of that. Right. Just right. like rabbit poop. Right, right. It's like ultimate recycling. Yeah. yeah. Can we not just have a little... It's not wasteful. It's actually improving things. Right. Can we have a little conversation about egg yolk color um, when you have chickens? Because especially in America, yes, you're used yes. to like seeing like a, a, a yolk and it's like, like a pale yellow. But it's mm. not a pale yellow when your chickens are out living their best yeah. life. That pale yellow is from a poor chicken diet. A lot of times the, the cheap eggs you get from the store were laid by... Chickens that have never seen the light of day, they may have their beaks cut off so they don't peck each other out of insanity and boredom, and they're just kind of given the most cheap food that the corporation knows will keep them alive. They're pumped full of antibiotics because their conditions are so disgusting. And so my chickens are going to lay deep yellow yolks, which are going to be full of nutrition. That like I deep need. yellow, almost yellow orange, orange, right? right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Not only that, but... Uh, in countries where the conditions are better, they don't even need to fertilize their, or they don't even need to refrigerate their eggs. Right. right. Here in America, we are used to putting eggs in the freezer because, or in the fridge, because they're so unhealthy and unsanitary, and that that we've had to clean off their protective right. layers of the eggs, 
and so they can't be outside. Whereas when I collect eggs, I'll be able to just let them sit on the counter for a couple weeks. Right. Now I remember. I remember that brings me back to something my dad used to say. Like they used to get eggs, and they had never had them in the refrigerator. They were just they put them in either the root cellar or the basement. Been there for months, like month. Yeah, they're fine on their month own. It's when it's when we do this factory farming right. stuff that everything starts to get all shady. So this is like something that I think this is a great thing to bring up because. This is one of those things that because it's happened for a few generations now, people think this is the normal. Yeah, when in fact it's actually kind of crazy. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's the not normal, normal, and it's no, not it's the not way it should be. Right. When you go to other places in the world, I have a friend who's uh, from Croatia. When she, I think, what was, I think when she went back and brought somebody that wasn't Croatian, and they were American, they're like, what's wrong with the eggs? And they're like, mm. what do you mean what's wrong? It's like, it's orange. It's like, well, that's the color it's supposed to be. Right. You know, and, but the, the context is so warped here because... We're so used to just going and seeing that, you know, and like it's the result of other things that people have put in the eggs. So when you guys and gals go to restaurants and you say, hey, I'd like to, you know, order some eggs, go ahead and start paying attention to the color of the yolk. Like if it's more of a deep golden orange or if it's more of a right, pale yellow. if you're ordering and they say it's like a farm free or like free range or it's organic or, or cage free like or, whatever. or whatever they, whatever term that they want to use for this, you know. Yep. Flavor that, of the day. If, if that yolk is a pale yellow, you may have been had. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, Tyler. So, is there anything else you wanted to mention? I know that I only saw you had rabbits and chickens, but you said you uh, were mentioning you're thinking of some other stuff. So, what were you thinking of? At some point, I may get goats. They're, okay. They're, they're a little bit higher maintenance than right. rabbits and chickens. Everything is. With one one slaughter, you could get a lot more meat with yes. a goat because it's a bigger animal. And plus, uh, if you like dairy. Then you get raw you get, goat's you know, milk. You can make goat cheese. You can do a bunch yep. of other stuff. Lots of stuff with that. And uh, so if, I don't know if your listeners are aware, but raw milk, they can be dangerous. And so we're all a little nervous about it, but it's also way tastier, way richer, and more nutritious. Well, sure, because you got pasteurized. You didn't, you didn't scrape anything off yeah. or exactly anything like right, that. Yeah. So can we, let's back up on that context yeah. too. So in a, in a previous episode with Tyler, he was talking about the types of varieties of, of uh, things he grows in his garden. And he reminded us that a lot of things we see in the store were meant to have a certain color or a certain durability during right. transport to get there. And so like something in your local garden doesn't because you can just you know, go out in your backyard, grab it, and that kind of thing. Well, now when you start talking about things like raw milk and we've seen people who are like way on one side of the issue and way on the other side. But I think this is important to, to know like if you're, Drinking raw milk or something like this, like from a goat that's living in your backyard, you know exactly everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. You have a much greater context. Yeah, and you're not trying to ship it across the nation to get to the other side. (laughs) Right, it's just I'm going outside and that's it. And so I think that's where um, when people start to realize that, like you know, if it's that it's not traveling very far, it's not getting into environments where it's like it's on a truck, it just hit 140 degrees, then it's 30 degrees and all that weirdness. You kind of have a right. better gauge on what's going on. Sure. Because, you know, there are some good aspects to regulations. We're a lot safer drinking that mass-produced milk in the store because it's been pasteurized, but that's because the conditions are not as healthy as they're going to be in your backyard if you know what you're doing. And plus there's a lot of transportation that goes along as well. Mm-hmm. But if it's if it's 20 feet away from your refrigerator while it's being produced, then you don't need to take into account the fact that it needs to go on a semi. Yeah, because it's not it's not going to grow bacteria from, you know, from ten feet out your back door to your refrigerator. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to. It's not going to be a lukewarm environment for. 
I'll yeah. Run. Yeah, and, and of course, this some of the stuff there is a learning curve. Of course, right. you need to know what you're doing, keep yourself safe. But it's it's really not as complicated as people think. And you know, if you don't have the time, encourage your neighbor to do it for you. Yeah, and you can foster. Or you guys, can, or you guys can, uh, you know, you can actually start talking to your neighbors, and maybe you guys could have a garden together. Yeah. Imagine that. That's something we're sorely lacking in yeah. this in this country today is a sense of community and neighbors who know each other. I think they said something like only thirty percent of their na- like people know their neighbors. It must be, it something. Must be something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I, when I moved here, I was shocked that we had neighborhood bonfires and stuff. Really, like that's that. cool. That's so rare these days, and I think we need it. Yeah. 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 So, what do you think, Brian? I think it's a good place to put a comma in the conversation for now. So, until next time, this is Brian. This is Josh. For curiosity. Yeah. Oh. And no, do it. Do it. And I'm Tyler. <laughs> For curiosity, <laughs> do. Thank mm-hmm. you.